Welcome to your football fantasy. Hey, y'all, uh, fuckos, let's go. It's Tuesday. Well, it'll be Tuesday when you're listening to this anyway. It's waiver wire day for you. It's time to make sure you win that waiver wire. Get your pencils out. Get your papers ready. We're going to tell you who to pick up. We're going to tell you who to avoid. We're going to make some predictions for Thursday night. Give you some trade targets. You know, you got to get those trade offers in quickly so that you can roll those guys out next week. Uh, start where we always start with our waiver wire pickups after what was kind of a fucking ridiculous week three in the NFL. Some crazy results. And some of those lesser-known names started to come out and play ball. Bullfrog sitting here with me. You said last week that, hey, sooner or later, those un- unknown guys are going to start hitting. This was your week. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't play any of them in uh, fantasy this week. Mm. Uh, my dailies went to the shithole. I got a chance if it, Fitz Magic does something tonight to uh, win three out of four matchups. So, as of this recording, he has won three and out on the field, and that's about it. Bob got one of his receivers killed. All right, so uh, waiver wire pickups, early guys that we really like. Let's look at some of these guys that blew up this week. How about Calvin Ridley right out of the gate? Seven catches, hundred and forty-six yards, three fucking touchdowns. That gives him four on the season, guys. Uh, it's not just last week's game or this week's game that made it look like he was a legit and worthy of your pickup or your waiver wire bid. Uh, his targets have increased each week. Two targets in the first week, five in week two, even in that down week, right? And eight targets in week three. So Matt Ryan's looking his way more and more. He's obviously becoming more comfortable throwing the ball to him deep. In the end zone, throwing the ball to him in general when Julio can't score. It's two weeks in a row, Julio can't get in, but everybody else on this team is scoring, and Ridley seems to be getting the bulk of those. 44% owned in Yahoo leagues right now. Go swoop his ass up. On a side note there, their defense continues to get dinged with big-time injuries to big-time players, which means that offense is going to continue to throw and throw and throw and score points because their defense is going to be porous. So I think that Atlanta Falcons team is turning into a fantasy machine. Sarkeesian, second year under Sarkeesian on that offense, maybe not as bad as the Big Wiz thinks. Another wide receiver that I really like, I mentioned him in this week's episode, so maybe you listened, picked him up, and put him in your lineup. That's Tyler Boyd, Cincinnati Bengals guy. Six catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown this week. Again, his targets have, have been increasing in general. Five, then nine, then seven targets. He's getting a lot of looks uh, on that Cincinnati offense. And Andy Dalton's starting to come alive a little bit and chuck the ball around a little bit. Tyler Boyd seems to be on the rise. While, as you noted here, A.J. Groin. Wow, that kind of came out yeah, wrong. But A.J. Nice. Groin that on was. the bench uh, left the game early. Last week, so look, maybe he misses some time. Uh, Tyler Boyd only 19% owned in your league and could do some uh, do some work. Also, if you look at that schedule over the next seven weeks, guys, ladies and gentlemen, listen to these opponents over the next seven weeks. At the Falcons, that's a high-scoring game. Against the Dolphins, that should be high-scoring. Against the Steelers, no defense. Again, at the Chiefs, that's high-scoring. Versus the Buccaneers, that's a high-scoring and against the Saints. Those are all 30-point games, yeah. at least. That's Feel- It's time to go high on that Bengals offense if you can get a piece of it. Feels good for Boyd to get when John Ross is not uh, looking like the number two that he was touted to be in the offseason. You got another Bengal that they should be targeting here? Uh, another Bengal? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe Tyler Eifert. Uh, same, same thing, especially if news comes out that A.J. Green's going to miss some time. 
you know, give give Eifert a chance. Again, uh, Big Wiz talked about the fucking tight end position. If you don't have one of those top three guys, you're looking to stream matchups. You're looking to stream high-scoring, passing, shootout-type games. And if you look at those next seven games, especially if Green is out, give Eifert some love. Give him a couple starts. See what he can do if he's healthy. If he's healthy. My, speaking on that note, Andy Dalton's available or is only owned in what, 34%? 34%. He's out there. The red rifle, man. Don't call him the red rocket, especially if you have a male dog at home. It's not <laughs> It's not fair to Andy Dalton. We all know what the red rocket looks like. Ooh. Uh, so we'll go with little the red little rifle. Little lipstick tube. Little lipstick tube, you know. Gets a little creamy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, give the red rifle a chance if you need some quarterback play. I'm high on this Bengals offense, guys. You were Get telling me, piece. you were telling me just a little while ago. Hey, Andy Dalton may be only a streamer over the course of the season, but the next five, six, seven weeks, he might be able to be streamed uh, throughout that whole time. So maybe somebody that you pick up and just kind of leave on your on your uh, roster for a while. Absolutely. Other wide receiver I like here, different team. Let's go, Christian Kirk. You know, I, that game last night was really fucking ugly. All of the Arizona's offensive. Uh, performances have been really fucking ugly. But that last five minutes, Josh Rosen comes into the game, and what does he do? He just throws the ball at Kirk, throws the ball at Kirk, throws the ball at Kirk. Clearly, Josh Rosen likes Christian Kirk. There's a connection there. Uh, he, he had eight targets in that game. A lot of them came in those last last few minutes. His targets have increased two to five to eight uh, going into this week. Larry Fitzgerald, I'll talk about him a little bit later on in the show, but he is not getting it done. He's not getting the targets that we expected. Maybe Christian Kirk goes, uh, pairs himself up nicely with Josh Rosen and starts to do something on this offense. Only 3% owned in your league. Maybe throw a dollar bid on him in your in your fab. Put him as your number two or three uh, priority there and see if you can't pick him up for cheap. Last guy I want to I want to mention on the waiver wire pickups here is a running back that you just love as an Alex Collins owner, don't you? No. This is Javorius Buck Allen, running back, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he's only twenty seven percent owned. He's got a touchdown in each of the first three games on the season. A total of seventeen targets. Not a ton of rushing work, but he gets the goal line work. He gets. He's going to be the touchdown hawk all year. I think I said this in the off season. Uh, he's going to be the thorn in your side. Uh, if uh, if like Bullfrog here, you own Collins. Think about picking him up. If it's you got a deep league, you got a 12-14 team league, you got a two-flex league, this is a guy that's likely to score touchdowns on a pretty regular basis. A team that we know scores some points, and they like to do it running when they get down in the red zone, and they don't often do it with Alex Collins, although he put up one last week. Yeah, I think his was from eight yards out, maybe six yards out. I mean, yeah, Buck Allen, six carries for seven yards. Ugh. That's right, and you a know, touchdown, I don't know how many baby. those were on the goal line, so he did plug in one from one yard. I mean, the one thing that does give me a little bit of a little bit of boost of confidence from, from from Alex Collins is that you know they both had four targets in the passing game, so Collins was used just as much in the passing game as Buck Allen. That's good. If he can ever take over that goal line work or even partial goal line work, I think Collins will, Collins will be all right. It's never going to happen. Kenneth so, Dixon's still out too, so just look. a little ham, hamstring away. Just a hand, just, just a tight hamstring away. That's it. Just a tight buck fuck away. Oh God, we don't we, we don't we don't wish ill on any of these. No, well, some no, of them. I wish Aaron Rodgers lost his I don't know neck. Uh, all right, guys, let's move off of the waiver wire pickups into our smoke screen guys. These are guys that may have performed really well. Their stat line looks really good, and the stat rats in your league are going to be all over them. Avoid in your waiver wire this week. Do not swoop these guys. I'm going to jump right out of the gates here and say Jordy Nelson, who had. A huge game uh, this week. Don't 
buy into it. The Oakland Raiders are a shitty offense. Uh, the Oakland Raiders are an offense that y- y- there's not going to be one guy who's ever reliable on this team. Last week it was Cooper who went off. This week Cooper had jack shit. Of course, it was a great uh, Xavier Howard there shut his ass down, as you predicted. Yeah, buddy. Uh, and he's going to be shut down by those big top-tier cornerbacks all week or all year. But between Cooper, Nelson, Martavis Bryant, once he gets reacclimated into this offense, as long as he's not suspended for his life, uh, these guys are just going to rotate big games. I wouldn't be surprised if Bryant had the big one next week, 100-plus and a couple of touchdowns. You can't rely on any of these guys well enough to be feel confident starting him uh, any week. So for me, a smoke screen, smoke screen there, avoid him at all costs. Yeah, I mean, I had a little note, you know, he might be a streamer option if, if, if again, Cooper faces a shutdown corner. But the way it's gone, you know, Cook to Cooper to Nelson, you know, you're going to be lucky to get another good game out of, out of Nelson over the next four or five weeks. So I didn't even mention Jared Cook in there after his week one blow yeah, up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a rotating offense. There's not enough work here. For these three guys. But I will tell you, fucking don't play your number one receiver against fucking Miami and Xavier Howard. He's uh, good. That'd be my recommendation. I think I... There's your Fitzmagic, baby. I think I read that... Uh, there's Cameron, Cameron Bray. Come on. I think I read that Xavier uh, Howard shadowed Cooper on every single route but like 10, maybe. Mm-hmm. So for every other route Cooper ran, Xavier followed him around. So that's probably going to be kind of traditional for him. Wow, the people are on uh, the field. Yeah, so those number one wideouts versus Miami. Look for uh, not good scores out of those guys. But moving on. Another guy, a smokescreen here guy that I like is uh, Wendell Smallwood. So if if you, like me, were a Corey Clement owner this week, you were real excited to put him in, let him get the bulk of the work in that backfield, finally with the Jai and Sproles out. And every time you fucking looked at the screen, it was Wendell Smallwood, not Glory Clement, touching the ball. Uh, he was all over the place, and he had a pretty nice little game for himself, but this was absolutely a smokescreen. Yes, Ajayi is probably going to be back this week. Sproles is probably going to be back this week. Even Corey Clement had a quad issue late in the week last week. It was added as a late-week injury list guy. Uh, so this was all just an opportunity thing. I certainly don't think the team likes Smallwood better than they like Clement, so even if Ajayi gets hurt again, which is absolutely likely, Clement's going to be the guy. Don't fall for it. Talk him up to somebody else in your league so that you don't have to worry about uh, losing out on somebody you really like. Last two, this comes as a pair for me, and this is uh, a little tough for me to say at this point in the year, but Joaquin Grant and Albert Wilson, smokescreen guys here. They both had really big weeks. I mean, Albert Wilson threw a freaking touchdown pass to Grant for crying out loud. Albert Wilson had a 72-yard little touch pass, whatever the fuck you call those things, run. Uh, out of the backfield. But between the two of them, they only had five targets this week. And that's about what they've been doing all year. One, two, three targets. There's not the volume there. This Dolphins team is still rotating Grant in with Wilson and Amendola in that slot role or, or opposite of uh, Kenny Stills. If you're going to go after a wide receiver on, in Miami, it's got to be Stills at this point until this second spot or that slot spot becomes a little more clear you can't count on these trick plays every week with these triple fucking reverse option passes or whatever the hell they're doing Uh, so again big weeks the stat line looks great they scored some fantasy points but avoid them on your waiver wire yeah i mean you just they're they're not they're not a high volume offense right now which to me like you said doesn't mean it's a sustainable scoring offense right now you know they're getting turnovers big plays shit they only ran the ball 
and maybe a dozen times that game. Yeah, as, not a, good. as an offense, t- I mean, Tannehill. That's why Kenyon Drake their leading fucking receiver killed had, me. Yeah, their leading receiver only had three or four catches. I mean, it's just uh, they're going to run into a buzzsaw. They're not a they're not a true three and O team. We mentioned Miami being a shit show team at the beginning of the season. I still think they're going to struggle to win six seven games. We'll come back down to earth a little bit, but yeah, crazy start to their their season without without much offensive production to speak of. Uh, okay. Here's a drop since we haven't done one in a while. You're dead to me. All right, who in the league is dead to you? And again, since it's been a while since we've done it, dead to me means just that. Maybe somebody we were high on, maybe somebody we were excited about, but we're finally fucking over them. Eventually, you got to cut the strings regardless of the player's name. Who are you looking at? Oh, speaking as far as a redraft goes, I think Le'Veon Bell's dead to me. Ooh. Don't think I'm interested in him. Even if he gets traded, the timing it might take to get acclimated to a new offense, a new situation, especially in a playoff league, which is 95% of them. I don't know. He's dead to me. Dead to you. Well, I did trade for him earlier, so I'm Man. hoping he's not dead to me. But I'm starting starting to get a little bit upset. I, I The news came out today or yesterday that the Steelers are thinking about at least being open to trading him away. So my hope is he ends up in a good situation pretty quickly and is start, able to get on the field, uh, start performing within a couple of weeks. But we'll see. That's not a terrible call. Here's somebody that's close to dead to me. Not quite there yet, but that's Larry Fitzgerald. All three of us were high on him in all of our ranking shows preseason. Uh, but it's just not looking real good. Again, that offense looks like trash. We'll see what happens when Rosen gets back. The reason Larry's not dead to me yet is because of the change at quarterback. Rosen was announced today as a starting quarterback moving forward. So we'll see what happens. Again, Rosen threw a lot to Kirk. I expect there to be some chemistry there. We'll see if he can get it going with Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, so I'll give him another week before I make my determination. All right. Yeah, I mean, what's that? Is that? Are we up to four starting rookie quarterbacks now? Four? They're all in there, baby. Baker. Baker. Allen. Allen. Rosen. Darnold. Darnold. It's only Lamar Jackson that first round that's not Ooh, in the field yet. Four of them are in by week four. I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I don't like it, actually. I'd rather have them sit more. But. It's good. It's great. I mean, they've stepped in and done well this past week. Look, Baker Mayfield kicked some ass. Josh Allen had a great fucking game. Sam Darnold had that one good first week, anyway. Uh, all right. So those guys are either dead to us or damn close to dead to us. Check in next week to see how I feel about Larry Fitzgerald. Let's move on to some trade targets. Each week we'd like to give you a handful of guys that you should probably start looking to trade for. Maybe these guys are underperforming right now. Maybe something has happened in their situation that uh, we see an uptick in their performance coming shortly. And if you're going to get them, now's the time. Maybe their value is as low as it's ever going to get right now. Uh, give me some guys that you like, Bull for August trade targets. Okay, got a big list for you. Just going to hit on them real quick. Uh, I already talked about the Bengals offense. I'd try to go get Joe Mixon. If we get some good news coming out of him shortly, I, I, I read he was trying to run sprints already at practice. The coaching staff was, fan- McDonald's going to take one to the house right here. I started, bang, bang. I started Jesse James. There so it is. Got him on my fan duel league tonight. Go, that's going to be good. Anyway, sorry about that, guys. Joe Mixon, go for him. I'm going to let Wiz talk about a couple, but I got four big-name receivers that either have, I think, maybe one touchdown or zero, all of these guys. Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Hopkins, Odell. They're due for some positive regression. Those guys are due for some big games. So 
maybe take a crack, try to grab a couple of those. If you got some running back depth and you know there's going to be owners out there that are getting thin at RB already, if you got a couple extra running backs, to see if you can throw a couple bench running backs to get one of these big dog receivers. Look, I really like your Keenan Allen call most out of those four. I think, uh, you know, out of all four of them, he's probably done the worst. His yardage isn't where the other guys are. And maybe you can get him. His name isn't quite the same name as those other three on the list. So not too bad. I've got some running backs I like. Leonard Fournette might be somebody to trade for. Uh, he's only played in the one game. He's he's dinged up. He's a health risk. I know he's only got six fantasy points in the year right now. This is as low as his value is going to get. Uh, consider it at least throw something out his way. Same thing with Dalvin Cook. Been injured, been not banged up. He'll be coming back pretty soon, and we assume that he's going to be coming back into a, a pretty solid role on a pretty solid offense. So just like we liked him before the season started, we like him now. Maybe the guy on that team is desperate to win some games. You can throw him a trade that might help him win now, uh, but help you win in the future. And the one kind of reach I like here, the guy whose name isn't necessarily on the top of everybody's pre-draft rankings boards, that'd be Antonio Callaway. Okay, so... A lot like Christian Kirk here, when Baker Mayfield came into the game, he started looking Callaway's way. Uh, obviously, we think Baker Mayfield is a lot more accurate than Tyrod Taylor was. He's, he looks like he's willing to throw the ball into tighter spaces than Tyrod Taylor was. He looked like he's willing to throw the ball, period. Um, so uh, this whole Browns offense is probably going to get a bit of an uptick with Baker in these games. I think Antonio Callaway might be one of the bigger recipients of that uptick with Josh Gordon out of there, and he might be the easiest guy on that team to get in trade right now. Um, I'm all about it. I'm going to go target him in all of my leagues right now uh, if anybody's if anybody's got him. I think he's still relatively high owned, over 50%. So uh, here come my trades. All right, last thing we want to do here before we let you go and we go to enjoy the rest of this uh, wild fucking football game is our Thursday night preview. We got a good one this week. The Minnesota Vikings after a awful loss to the Buffalo Bills. Travel to LA and play what's probably the best team in the league right now in the LA Rams. Let's start on the Minnesota side of the ball. Who you starting, who you sitting, and why? Uh, well, first I want to mention that uh, as of now, it looks like the Rams might be down both starting corners. Uh, Tlaib's got a high ankle sprain. They've already declared him out maybe a month. You know, those high ankle sprains are nasty. Uh, Especially he, at that position. You can't, yeah, you can't pivot. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Peters has got a, a bad calf. Again, lower limb for a corner. Tough. That's bad news. A short week. So if those two guys are out, the only guys I'm really going to start for Minnesota are going to be Diggs and Thielen. Uh, I'm really, really down on the Minnesota offensive line right now. I think it's fucking shit and trash, which means I. That's why I'm not high on Minnesota as a team right now. I'm falling off out of love with Delvin Cook. He's banged up. Their offensive line's garbage. But again, they're going to be in the shotgun. They're going to be dinking and dunking. Diggs and Thielen are going to get their 10 catches each for 80 to 100 yards. Those guys are startable in PPR standards. That's all you got for me, not even the Minnesota defense. I'm looking for uh, Kirk Cousins to have a nice little bounce back game here. I also like Diggs and Thielen. I'm going to throw Kyle Rudolph in here. Uh, the Rams, you know, think back to week one. Jared Cook went fucking ape shit, 180 whatever yards against uh, against this defense. So I think Kyle Rudolph will have some possibilities, maybe a touchdown, some opening up in the middle of the field there. Um, especially with those two uh, cornerbacks down, you have to imagine the safeties are going to be edging them their way out to the outside to help out with the backup corners covering these two stud wide receivers. Look for the open middle of the field, and that's where Kyle Rudolph can get some stuff done. Uh, I'm I gotta sit Latavius Murray. I'm gonna just point him out. I know you didn't mention him as a start, but 
whether Cook's in or out, Murray didn't do much at all. He didn't get a lot of opportunities. In Two Buffalo. carries, one yard. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think he's going to get it done. They're not missing anybody in the front seven there in Los Angeles. Uh, they're a fucking stout run defense. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna touch him at all. Uh, how about the Rams side of the ball? Look, you can't sit Gurley. Obviously, Gurley's playing. You're playing fucking Gurley. Gurley's in. He's a stud. He's going to get his numbers. As far as the wide receivers go, to me, it's a coin toss. They're all pretty damn close in target share over the course of the year. That's uh, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup. I just don't know who to play here. I don't know if I trust him uh, well enough to play. I don't know. I don't know if I trust him well enough to pick any of them and put him in this week. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it depends on your other options. I don't like those Thursday night games, especially if you're going to try to start a couple Rams. You know, if you got Gurley, he's in. Golf and Woods, it's just going to be what else you got out there. I mean, I, I like those guys. Golf looks good. Uh, Look great they're, against the Chargers. They're giving up fucking points to Josh Allen again. They're probably going to be played better, but it is on the road. You know, if Golf's your guy, play him. If Woods is one of your top three guys, you want to put him in your flex, do it. Yeah, this is a. I mean, this is a team. This is a game that was going to go one of two ways: either the defenses are going to come to play, or the offenses are going to come to play. Because I think both have powerful offenses and really stout defenses. So, it could be a high-scoring game, could be a low-scoring game. We were talking about it before we started recording here in our predictions. We'll give you in a minute. You know, I changed my score a couple of different times because I just, you just hard to tell how it's going to go. So let's do that. Let's jump into these predictions. I'll let you lead us off. What is the score of this game? Who takes it down on a Thursday night in Los Angeles? I think the Rams are the best team in the NFL right now. I'll make that claim. Uh, through three weeks, they they have shown no weakness. Um, again, if those corners are beat up, maybe that weakness comes to fruition a little bit this week. I'm going the Rams 27-17. to Minnesota struggles to get to the end zone again. Lock it in. Okay, uh, we are going to split here because I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick the Vikings to win this game. I think those two cornerbacks being out is going to make a huge fucking difference in this game. I think the defensive scheme is going to change pretty damn drastically, and I think Kirk Cousins finds a way to exploit with uh, two of the best wide receivers in the league right now. That that receiving core between Thielen and Diggs is just really hard to stop without either of your two stud fucking cornerbacks. Give me a 21 to 20 low scoring event. Minnesota ekes this one out. Do we got to put a bet on that then? Absolutely. We got to put a fucking bet I'm on it. I'm going to be in for two shots possibly to start the Let's podcast. see if we can't make it six or seven. It's a bet. Yay! All right, bitch titties, that's all we got for you. We're going to let you go. We're going to go enjoy the rest of this game. Uh, have a great night. Good luck with your waivers. And uh, fuck off. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Do us a favor by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, like, follow, and share our Facebook page, and leave reviews everywhere to let people know just how much you love us. We'll see you back next week to make more of your fantasies come true.